Mary the Who Podcast Podcast Bark 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 Welcome to Married Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name is Jake, with me are the couples, Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex, and our producer Terry. This week we're here to talk about Doctor Who, colon, flux, colon, chapter one, colon, the Halloween apocalypse, written by Chris Chibnall, directed by Jamie Magnus Stone, aired October 31st, 2021. Uh, Cody. Mr. Jake. What'd you think of this one? This is the best episode of Doctor Who I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, Sam? It was very good and different, and I'm excited for the rest. Terry? Loved it. It had wonderful characters and a lot of action. I'm excited for it. Alex? More of this. This was amazing. <laughs> this also was the best episode of Doctor Who I've ever seen. Like I was thinking about it, it it tops Tooth and Claw. I'm saying it. What? <laughs> I know. Wait, wait. It Who has so the good? history oh, book? Who up. has the pen? I agree. <laughs> Jot it down. I agree. It's better than Tooth and Claw. Well, <laughs> I mean that doesn't take a whole lot. So I, I'm not even willing to make that. Uh, Jill, what do you think? Everything about it was so good. I loved it. I actually watched it three times for the record. Jesus. Put that in the history book. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I The first time I watched it, I thought I maybe had some issues with it. And then on the rewatches, I realized I didn't at all. Like, can't find anything wrong. It's great. I loved everything about it. For a little context, the first time we watched it was last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've watched it a lot in the oh last 24 gosh. hours. Well, I suppose if you're staying home all day. <laughs> I watched it after work. How long is it if there's no commercials? I watched it with commercials. Uh, Does anyone know? It was 50... 50 minutes on Amazon or on Prime Video, but it's a little oh, bit okay. shorter than that. Because they have like the the before next time. Oh, God. I, did, I can't even think of where commercials would be put in. This oh, thing was such worst. a rocket ship. <laughs> Poorly. Poorly, that's the answer. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> I recorded it off BBC America, and it was an hour ten with commercials. But I mean, wow! Just just drag, and <laughs> you skip them. It's no big deal. Well, we we own the season, so if anyone needs our password, holla, holla. Ooh. Um, but the other thing about before we asked Jake what he thought, the other thing about that I loved about it is like getting to participate in the first watch like yeah yeah there's i don't know everyone's speculating and twitter's super fun you get to see and all like, the live reactions yes, and yeah it's amazing yeah and alex didn't have to like point to the tv the whole time to tell me what parts to watch <laughs> that was probably the best part get a shift on <laughs> he's gonna sneakily watch it before you next time so he can still do that <laughs> the best part no was chance. my husband not being a prick <laughs> true jake yeah what did you think um, I didn't like it very much. You're the worst. <laughs> wow. How do we vote Jake off? I think we just hold a vote. Everybody. I can see <laughs> where like he's coming see... from to an extent. I mean, no. he didn't say he hated it. He hasn't said what he doesn't like about it. So here's what I gotta say. I believe that I will very much enjoy the whole six part story when it's over. This as a singular episode of television was garbage. Well, <laughs> like, okay, now just, you're too far. For okay. what it was reasons? just a bunch of List jumbled shit. What? Like, it's, yeah, it's called cliffhangers, Jake. It's called mystery right. and intrigue. But I, so like that works for us. Like, like it or not, you guys have seen every episode of 21st Century Doctor Who. Um, I really love Doctor Who. I want Doctor Who to continue being a thing. It's not gonna be if it's impossible for new people to understand what the fuck is going on. 
nobody who's never seen Doctor Who would watch this episode and be like, I'm in. Because <laughs> like, there's no way you could understand anything that's happening. You have to have a first episode, regardless of the fact that, okay, we're doing a six episode story because of COVID and we had to change things around. Your first episode has to reintroduce everything to a potential new audience. It's just the way TV works. Yeah, yeah, Sid. She has an alien friend and she has a spaceship. <laughs> That's all you need. I also yep. totally disagree with all your points right off the bat because I think each of the stories within the story is like it was I was super captivated by it. Like I don't know a lot about Doctor Who and I thought You've just, seen every episode of Doctor I Who. Said I you know, know more than, about Doctor Who. You know more than 99% of the people that watched it this week. I just, like, I thought the writing of each little story was amazing and, like, wanted wanted to make me keep watching and watch it three times. So I, I think I might have a, a viable argument against what you're saying, Jake, in that, okay. like, current new TV shows, like, nothing that's, like, that's been before. Like, something that popped in my head was, like, La Brea or whatever. Like, the first <laughs> episode of La Brea is as chaotic and, like, what the fuck is going on as this yeah. episode of Doctor Who is. So I think that's how they're trying to pull people in, is getting them to ask questions. La is trying to be lost, and it's going to be canceled before the season ends. Like, that's not a good way to make TV, you know, especially, and not a good way to make an argument by presenting a show that's not going to succeed. I have <laughs> but no that's, idea that's what you're talking only, about. But that's not the only example. It's, like, other shows I, I do that. I understand that. And I'll give you an example that works. So it what what I mean by this is a jumbled mess is that it's essentially a trailer for the rest of the season. Yeah. Which is fine, but it I think it's too much. Like, having the scene with the Centaurans in it didn't make any sense. The next week is the Centauran episode. So it's just like showing you, hey, the Centaurans are going to be in this. You didn't need that. It's just confusing for people that don't know what those are. And it wasn't particularly entertaining. There's a fun little joke in there. Dan Starkey's great. But Christian was saying in an interview recently, he wanted to make Doctor Who prestige TV. And this isn't how you do it. He does this well with other shows. Like with Broadchurch, the first episode introduces a whole bunch of stuff. And it's all going to come together at the end when the mystery gets solved. And that works for a binge show. But that's not what Doctor Who is. And I know that this season's different. And it's trying to be that. But it also needs... It needs new viewers. Like, you can't introduce a whole bunch of stuff that is from the past. Like Centaurans, Weeping Angels, um, the TARDIS, just in general. Uh, without... Explain it a little bit more. An yeah. example I was thinking of is this last week I watched The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. That story is so intricate and told over multiple timelines with seven main characters that all get their own stories. But it's like interwoven so specifically that it's not only not difficult to follow, but it completely like makes sense that it would be written that way. And so maybe I'm just on, like, too big of a high from how much I enjoyed that show to go to something that was essentially attempting to do the same thing and just not doing it as well. I, I would agree that it, that the writing and the direction, it seems like, is different. It's not in the Doctor Who realm. And probably with COVID, we're going to get just, like, an arc story because that's all they could shoot. <laughs> There's no probably about it. That's already been announced. We've talked about it. So that's why there's six episodes instead of ten. They're just doing an arc story. There's going to be cliffhangers every week. We're going to get a lot of stuff that was like the opening scene of this, which is all CGI because some stuff they just had to shoot in a green screen room with just the two main actors. Mm. All that, that I just said, I know that Chibnall will pull it together in the end and that I will enjoy it very much because I've enjoyed all of his other stuff. I'm just saying that for a one episode in isolation that shouldn't just be written for us I, I think it missed and i'm not upset about it this is kind of what i thought would happen i mean moffat did it all the time too i, I get where you're coming from when cody and i were talking he was talking about how great it was and i thought that i was like man 
I don't think it's as great as you think it is, and I feel like I usually <laughs> like it more. But I see your side of it, how it's just kind of a conglomeration of a bunch of stuff thrown into one episode. And then if you look at the the structure, like I'm not going to spoil the rest of the season for you guys or anything that I know, but the way it's structured seems like it's going to be, okay, next week's the Centauran episode. The week after that might be the Weeping Angel episode. The week after that might be the episode that explains... So it's still um, like Monster of the Week. Well, it's, I mean, it's all going to come together in a way, but I... This is the last point I'm going to make, and I'll let you guys go uh, with the stuff you like. But the all all that stuff that was shown to us was apart from the Doctor. I think it would have been more fun if the Doctor was encounter encountering all these problems one by one, and it was just like another thing added. And she's like, "Fuck, not to do with this." Okay, and then there's this, and oh shit, there's weeping angels, and it's just like all piling on top of her. But our main characters have no idea what's happening in the rest of the story and almost half this episode was disparate from them yeah all right we're never starting with jake again because he's the worst <laughs> yeah. yeah okay go gush about stuff no fuck off <laughs> no it's a garbage episode it's shit to me this was fucking awesome like i i was into this this was like the hype i needed like coming yeah. out of last season and whatever happened there like, it was the hype I needed, and, like, the... I'm like, oh, if this is Chibnall, absolutely I'm in. Like, the Doctor was different, the characters were di different, like, people were developed in their tiny little scenes, like, in ways that they weren't ever last season. And that's, like, exactly what I needed to get excited about yeah. it. And Yaz fucking grilling the Doctor, trying to get that secret. Ugh. That, instead, of just, instead of just yes, man. That is good to see, again, back from capaldi days of how he was written from time to time is the doctor has secrets and the companions are not privy to those secrets and all i want to do is know more about the doctor sometimes more about the companions and just <laughs> to have intrigue in the background like it, the plot doesn't need to explain itself super well as long as it's fucking beautiful and i'm curious <laughs> about it well, the doctor started that last season once she started learning, or after she met Ruth, and she was hiding all that from everybody, and a couple times they did call her out on it, and she was just like, hey, guess what, guys? Like, I got my own shit. <laughs> just leave me alone sometimes. Yeah. There was a taste of that towards the end. The CGI budget is obviously through the goddamn roof this year. Oh, God. Holy yeah. jeez. The fucking swarm, dude. Ah, oh, that's don't get me started on the swarm. Here we go. You got me started on the swarm. That entire scene, the way they set that up was fucking great. But I understand, like you go in, it's like there's this dude that's imprisoned. It's a, on a battlefield, and suddenly he's not in prison. Who are these people? They're fucking dead. So I guess they're not very important. The swarm like eats their soul and then transforms into Skeletor, but purple with gold lips and fucking gold ass teeth. Fuck, he's cool. He was balling out. It was great. If, like, if I watched Doctor Who with my children, which I don't have any of, I this one I might have like waited because <laughs> that <laughs> if your kid's like six, seven years old, that dude's scary as yeah. fuck. Yeah, that's the whole time I was thinking that. And then when he like cricks his head back and goes trick or treat, Doctor's like, oh my god, right? Yeah, that was. I, I'd be like covering the kid's eyes and be like, "Don't worry, the weeping angels are coming up. That'll, <laughs> that'll ease you." Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I'm in love with the swarm. So cool. Pod Baby One never watches Doctor Who with us, but I happened to watch it while he was awake the other day, or he woke up from his nap while I was watching it, and he came out and he was super interested in it, and I would like try to pause it, and he'd go, "Uh oh, uh oh," and point to the TV, waiting for me to turn it back on. <laughs> and he watched the whole thing with me. He wasn't scared? No. Nice. He loved it. There's an element yeah, of knowledge. Yeah, there are no Daleks. Yeah. That's required true. behind he, yep, fear. That is true. His one true fear. His <laughs> verily. Ah, oh, man. And then the, the sister swarm? Azure. Did, she, did she have a name? Azure? Okay. Yeah. He caressed her cheek very... Uh, <laughs> was, that was that him or her for, though was she just wiping a tear nope it was him oh okay. like it was well, awkward 
Yeah, yeah he's it, about to get busy. You, you know, they don't call it the swarm because there's only two of them. Maybe sister means something Isn't different in there. Is swarm his name? Yes. Yeah, I think it's it's like not even the swarm. It's just swarm. Just swarm. Which is yeah, a shame. Did you, did you guys catch that those two people that were checking up on him were from the division? Yes, I yeah. did. Which is, so last season with the um, Timeless Children, we learned that the Doctor used to be a part of the division and got out and then they were hunting her. And and did a really good job of erasing her memory. Right. So the doctor's trying to learn more about it. And it seems like this guy is going to be her link. But then we also have Carvanista, who was an operative for the Division. And now I, I always thought that the Division was specifically just Time Lords. But this dude was an operative. I don't know if that means, like, he just helped them out sometimes. Or if he was fully in the division, but maybe it's not what we thought it was. Yeah, I guess, well, I guess we can't really tell with the officers that were checking up on the prison if they were Time Lords or not. But I, I was kind of getting the feeling that it's it's more of a, like an, like an Illuminati police force. Like, it's just yeah. whoever knows, knows kind of thing. Yeah, but they're going to have a fucking walking, talking terrier in the group. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Why not? Why not? He's cute. Stay off anyway, the how's, how's the timeline for all this shit work? Because the division's supposed to be from, like, pre-William Hartnell Doctor, but then this dude is just rolling around in 21st century Earth. The division but always has been, and always will be. And obviously the Division fought the Swarm with the Doctor and imprisoned it, so... Just just Swarm. Sure. So, <laughs> but that but then they were saying that's from, like, the beginning of the universe. So, yeah. I, I think Cody's right. Like, they always have and always will be. What do you guys think of Claire? Is she... She's got to be Division-related, in Jill my opinion. Jill was thinking she was an operative and the Angel was going after her. Man, I just yeah, want to so talk about the new companion. <laughs> we'll get there. I'm just Hold waiting. On. One at a time. Just... Talking about Claire. I've got all the lists. Don't worry. We won't skip anything. Okay. So Claire runs into the Doctor and Yaz on Dan's street, has met them before, but knows right away that it's in the Doctor's future, so doesn't say too much, is immediately, a little. she's a little weird, like, oh, I took the long way home. And then she doesn't seem to remember what she's doing. And then she's confronted by an angel and set back in time. Didn't the doctor used to say that all the time? They would say a couple different things. Uh, Tenant doctor in Madame de Pompadour said the slow path. And then Capaldi in Hellbent Heaven Sent said the long way around. To who? To Whoever. <laughs> but it's it's just a Moffat thing that and Chibnall uses a lot of RTD stuff and a lot of Moffat stuff in this one. It seems to be just kind of like a a little bit of a love letter to those two. And he's, he does that a lot. You know, he brought back the angels, so he's going to throw in some Moffaty stuff in there. She obviously knows of the angels, though, like she knows things. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. oh, OK, I was slightly confused by that, Claire. Uh, conversation with the doctor. Yeah, that's saying, the point. Okay, thank you. Um, but <laughs> of, of the watching it a second time, I was getting the feeling that she knew this was going to happen because she says, "Oh, I like I meet you in the past." Yeah, like yeah. she knows she's going to end up going to the past, so she knows an angel well, is now, out to get what her. What you're saying is she's going into the past in her future and already knows that, but that can't be right. That's what I was thinking. Like, it just doesn't seem right unless she is an operative and knows how the angels work and that she knows one is trailing well, her. Well, operative or not, I think she's a multi-time multi victim of the angels. That she's been sent back to the past before and was maybe rescued by the doctor and brought back to her own time. But it was always inevitable that she was going to have to go back. So maybe whatever time they just sent her to, she ends up seeing herself again and the doctor has to save one version of her. Okay, that makes more sense than what I was trying to figure out. 
I would guess that the younger self of her sees the older self of her sacrifice herself so that she knows she has to die. Something like oh, that. It seems like a Chibnall thing. So it's kind of like the um, the the Red Falls episode with uh, Amy and Rory, right? Kind of. Rory's got kind of like choose. The Red Falls episode. What what was that episode called? Um, the woman who lived. Oh, yeah, I just remember nope, the button. The woman who waited. <laughs> the girl who waited. <laughs> we're getting there. Couple, couple more guesses. And we're in. So with Claire, I I was getting the vibe that she hadn't met the doctor, but she knew the story and what was going to come. And I was thinking, it's real weird, but she, so she got sent back and then, you know, she lives her life, has a family and passes on her story to her kids. And then it's like, Claire shows, I don't know, it's, it doesn't make sense, but that's kind of the vibe I was getting from it because she... Once she realized she saw the doctor, her expression changed and was like real sad. Yeah. Because she knew everything was going to change. I think at that point she realizes something she already knows is going to happen is now in motion. And that it doesn't end well for her. She also did say that if the stories are true or if if, if it's true. And so right. that's what makes me think like she was told this is going to happen, but she doesn't really oh, know it is. Yeah. Regardless of how she found out, I think it's... She uh, she understands what's about to happen and that yeah. it's bad. Yeah. She also really sucks at opening doors. How hard is it to get a freaking key in the lock? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh no, if a so murder hard. stone thing was chasing me, I'd probably have a hard time too. But if you know the one thing that you can't do is look away from it, don't you like, all right, hands, <laughs> yeah, just it's take your, your job. Time. She looked like, away like three times she, too. She still yeah. couldn't do it. So many I... times. And she looked away only to look at the door. What a dumbass. Like, blinking is going to be a lot safer than looking at the door. All right, Sam. Dan Lewis, what'd you think? I think his intro was my favorite of any companion where he's doing the little tour. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was such a great introduction for him. And then to find out he's not a tour guide and he's getting kicked out and he's just kind of like... Has so much love, but is also a troublemaker. Love it so much. He just loves Liverpool so much. It's so adorable. That part was just weird, where he's just stroking Liverpool so hard. (laughs) What has Chibnall got with Liverpool? I was getting mad. (laughs) Um, It's where the actor that they cast is from, and the only (laughs) accent he could do. So he was always going to be from Liverpool. I was getting mad Jamie vibes from him because they're both Scottish, uh, but he's also like really awkward. He, with, he's not Scottish. Or what is Liverpool? Isn't it? Uh, aren't nope, it's in England. Oh, well, they sounded very similar to me. I must be real bad at that. But he was real awkward with D. Die? Die. 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 He was real awkward with Die, and like that just made me laugh, and I like... I could see Jamie doing the same thing, but then also like super boisterous, like, I'm not your human, like just getting pissed at dumb shit. It was funny. I love how much we learned about him in just a really short amount of time. He was developed so quickly and so well. Loved it. Also, the whole like Liverpool tie. I know that this episode's just questions and I'm totally fine with that. But like the 1800s Liverpool and then they kind of come back at the end I'm really curious to see how that all ties in. Like, it's got to relate, right? Because they specifically made him infatuated with Liverpool. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's where Claire got sent back to. That's what what I would bet, too. Oh, and then Dan gets her from there somehow. And those tunnels are a real thing. Like, there's these... I don't know anything about it. I didn't look it up. But there are supposedly some tunnels under Liverpool that make no sense, and nobody knows why they were dug. But the guy called it the cataclysmic, which was the same verbiage that Carnavista, is that how you say it? Carvista? Carvinista. Carvinista said it. So, like, did somehow this guy 210 years ago make the flux? And, or <laughs> is he, is he like alien touched and he's got like a bright, bright mind and so he's like building something? I don't know. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot to go off of on that yeah. scene. That's that's my hunch, though. You think that guy made 
the swarm? Yeah, because well, not the swarm, the flux. The flux. Oh, the flux. Okay. Yeah, because they both they both said the cataclysmic in like two different characters' descriptions of it. Oh, well, there's only so many adjectives for like destroying the universe. Yeah. They never said apocalypse though, which is the name of the episode. Right. I have a feeling that the flux and the um, swarm are connected. Like I think yeah. he's the one who's Obviously. doing that. Like and like the way the planets are destroyed and the way he kills people are kind of use the same graphics mm-hmm. or the the same effect. I should say. And then say. that the doctor, uh, like her mind is connected to swarm and telepathically, and then the flux itself has a telepathic field, and she's connected to that too. I think like, it's division against all. Yeah. I think division I, is creating the flux. Yes. I don't want to get too much into like guessing what's going to happen. That's just like a dragon. No one wants to listen to that. But uh, well, they're wrong. <laughs> so are you, as we've established. Well, it also doesn't doesn't make uh, an episode evergreen. But I I do want to comment on what Terry just said. I don't know if her connection was to the flux or to the people that were dying, because we get like a a shot of a bunch of people running away and dying and then she says i can feel it like i can feel it happening the universe breaking so she's in tune with the universe more than the flux yeah 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 i'm going way backwards to the cold open yeah it was well i guess it probably encompassed the episode well like super confusing but after like knowing the carbonista and all that stuff like going back and watching it it seemed super like really out of place but it was real fun grav bar yeah. It's brilliant. I like <laughs> how it handcuffs. broke and it made them both look like they're witches flying on brooms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was fun. That, that was just great. had to be like a Halloween thing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did I the like doctor the ever have a lisp? <laughs> what? Because to make the handcuffs oh, come relief. off, she said relief. And oh, she was yeah. saying release <laughs> before. So if you have I think it was a, a Siri joke. A Siri joke. Oh, or like oh. an Alexa joke. Because it's it's a big thing in parts of Europe and especially the English speaking parts where their accents uh, ha- have real hard time being picked up by things like Siri and Alexa sometimes. Ah, okay. So just an inside. There's joke. a lot of fun TikToks <laughs> of old men yelling at Alexa. Yeah, I like well, that's the TikTok that you're on, Jake. I like <laughs> I like the one I like the ones where it's like like Scottish kids trying to get Alexa and man it it just doesn't work and it's I great. I have not heard these. You need to look them up. They're good. Need more uh accent TikTok. Yes. But I like the line where she's like handcuffs. Maybe I was Scottish when I set them up and then she says release in a Scottish accent which I will not <laughs> try to do. But I laughed out loud at that part. No, go ahead, give it a shot. Yeah. Do your best. Let's hear Release. it. Release. Perfect. <laughs> Not the worst that could have happened. <laughs> is it, they like roll their R's or something. It's weird. Oh, well, get dunked. <laughs> well, specifically the seventh doctor, who is also Scottish, rolled his R's every other fucking word. There you go. Can't wait to get to the seventh doctor in 2025. <laughs> How about that uh, that net and mattress in the TARDIS that saved them when they fell in? Why I had a hard there? time like understanding the spatial like it's. I assume the TARDIS just made it. It was like, yeah, I'll save your life. Boom, bad. Mattress. I like to think they're just like, like that mattress looked like it smelled like sex. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> also, damn, the TARDIS, the TARDIS is breaking or something. Yeah. Like, that's kind of scary. And the doctor knows, too, because she made a face. What's with well, all the, yeah, all the doors everywhere? I thought it was very aesthetically nice, though. Like, it was a very cool shot. The, it made for yeah. really cool shots, for sure. It did. But they're breaking the TARDIS because this TARDIS sucks. That's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. Like, hopefully this just ends in any of the other TARDISes we saw last season. Like, both Ruth Doctor's console... And the one that Yaz was in that had like all the post-it notes that was basically the same, um, 
are a million times better than the one we I have. I thought all the recording in the TARDIS was really good this time. It, I don't know if they're using a different set or what, but it seemed really spacious. It did. It seemed better. It seemed huge. And like the recording, they were able to like go back further and get wider shots. Like not just of the center council, they were able to go back further. Console. (laughs) Console. (laughs) I do that every time. We as the center council decree. (laughs) At least I know I'm wrong. I just can't stop doing it. What do you guys think of the the little scene with the couple in the Arctic Circle where the woman ended up being Swarm's sister? But before that, when the man has man eyes? <laughs> he couldn't find the great. thing in the fridge. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great joke. Uh, I, I like, watched it the second time. I was like, oh, that was probably her prison being domestic and hating it? I don't know. But then what was that alarm thing about? Yeah, I don't know. That had to be something Swarm sent. They were a part of the division, and we're just like, fuck it, we don't want to do our jobs. We didn't see this. The division (laughs) fucks with people's brains. Maybe they wiped her memory and gave her a new life. Yeah, maybe this was her prison, like you're saying. Or maybe he's able to just make more of his kind out of people. No, because she said thank you before she changed. Yeah, it was in her subconscious. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's cool, but also it's made a lot of people think that maybe Dan is one of them too. Because there's Mm. a lot of shit going on around Dan that can't all be a coincidence. Like, Claire was on his street, um, Di getting taken by the sister when she was waiting for a date with him. Like, why of everybody would the sister grab Di? And... Carvinista um, hitting like a time track to like arrive on Earth hours before the rest of his people so that he could specifically save Dan. Okay, but also the Carvinista left like the computer with the like it was the same symbol that was sent to whatever her name was, Azure. Like the red, like oh, light up logo. So was it Carvinista like trying oh. to save one of them as humans? Or not Carvanista, but whatever the race is called. Lupari. I don't know what the symbols all look like, but there is one on Carvanista's ship, too, and he said that symbol was a species recall symbol. Yeah. Or the doctor said that. So would that be related to the Arctic Circle situation? Like, some, maybe, they're trying maybe to they were just someone. getting the same warning to be like, hey, you gotta get the fuck off Earth because this thing is coming. Oh, that could be. Yeah, I think since Carvanista was going for Dan, I don't think he's a non-human alien. Dan? Yeah. I just don't want Dan to be a non-human alien. I but want out, out of everyone on Earth, only Dan got saved. Like, he's but the only one outside. But they would have been late. Like, it showed up before they could all get there and go get their people. Unless, like... The situations and, we see, like, with Diane and... Right. Well, it's just that Carvanista, like, you know, coincidentally hitting a time track and going forward in time a couple hours or whatever, and getting there before everybody, and then just all... Just a lot of coincidences around the people in Dan's life or on his... In his town or whatever. Also, it just made true. people think that. Who yeah. who called uh, the Carv- Carvanista's people to... Uh, species bond with the humans like but yeah it's probably nothing i mean all of our companions have always had a lot of weird shit happen to everyone they know because it's convenient for drama <laughs> i that wonder one... <laughs> i wonder if it's all orchestrated by the division then like the division send his ship forward to get him so maybe you're right jake to like get him specifically i don't or know or just because carvanista worked for the division maybe they're just helping oh, him oh that could or Carvanista is being sly and is like, yeah, I can do that because I'm with the division. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Jeez. Carvanista time. Mm-hmm. Do Carvanista's it. the best character in Doctor Who ever. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I want more. I want more of their kind. He was so good. So everything about the first scene, especially when you go back and know that he's like doing it to save him, is so amazing. Like all the role reversals of dog training. 
Like, I spend eight hours a week trying to teach people to train their dogs, and, like, these are the conversations, except in reverse, and it's brilliant. <laughs> because I don't agree with that, by the way. But, like, the do exactly as I command comments, like, <laughs> blindly doing as I command is totally how people treat their dogs, and I love the role reversal. It was amazing. Yeah. So the question I have is, is this a species that just looks like dogs, or is it a species that is presenting itself to humans to look like dogs to get them to chill out because humans love dogs? I think it's just the role reversal. That's what I got out of it. Like the, like they're being loyal and saving them and like basically a role reversal of human and dogs, like a weird Chibnall joke. Like now I need to know what Chibnall's deal with dogs is. <laughs> Well, there is like a two minute YouTube video of him doing an interview about Carvinista and why he wrote it. And it's basically just like, I don't know, we did cats once. I thought dogs would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's disappointing. Oh, man. Could we. So, what is Carvinista's species called again? Loop. Lupari. 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 I want to see Lupari and the, the cat species interact that'd be amazing i think it would be like, hilarious like sexually no what? like no. that like shows that what you're up. into no like shows up to like new <laughs> new we new, new, go new places new York. there and there's then... a furry convention in vegas like every eight weeks <laughs> we could go uh, all right my second favorite <laughs> all right, <go> ahead. <laughs> it's just gonna get weirder I, well i was gonna try and clarify but whatever jake's got it my second favorite carbonista comment other than do exactly as i command because i think it's funny is and they say you're a low IQ species. Ah, uh, look at your little brain trying to work it all out. Embarrassing. <laughs> Love them. <laughs> see, and that's why I want to see more of them, like like a different person that's not Carvanista, to see if they're all dicks or if there's like maybe a greyhound greyhound one that's like super nice. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Carvanista is in every episode. He might be like a full-time part of the team this season well he's dan's like protector now doesn't he have to be um, yeah i guess he's bound by something i guess dan's like his pet carvanese is also in the ship that is the protective shell around the earth mm -hmm. so maybe he has to stay there but maybe they can like call him every once in a while and just chat with him also is he the general or is he just like a guy he had enough pull for them to get to change the formation. Right? And he, he also said, like, destroyer of worlds or something when he introduced himself. It was crazy. Symbolizations, yeah. But also maybe they just all know who the doctor is, and he's like, hey, the doctor said we should do this. But the the costume is fucking dope. Yes. So good. And I like that when, when he's, like, looking around, his mouth is always kind of open. <laughs> he just... <laughs> The the actor is like there's a little short clip with him on YouTube and he's like oh you know I would like turn my head when I was confused like dogs do <laughs> it was pretty good. Someone on Twitter said that he just had the most perfect boopable nose, <laughs> and I love that like Dan actually booped him too. Right, Dan, <laughs> yeah, that's the best. I like you're saying, Alex. I want there to be some other ones also, but only because I've heard people say I don't know really a yorkshire accent but people are saying he has a yorkshire accent because he's a yorkshire terrier so i want to see <laughs> mm. if there's like a scottish terrier with a scottish oh. accent or like a german shepherd with a german accent oh, that i need a corgi so good. i want a doberman corgi lupari oh man that'd be amazing That's german shepherd good. this race is our new favorite race in doctor who yes this is what got Jill into this Doctor Who. This is easy. <laughs> Somebody told Jibnall. They said, there's this gal on the Married to Who podcast that's been talking mad shit. And Jibnall just cracks his Give her knuckles. a fucking dog character. <laughs> it's so perfect, though. Like, all of his comments are my problems. that he Like, about humans and dogs. It's so good. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. One... So I, I wrote down, like, all the different things that are thrown at the wall in this one, or up here. There's two we haven't talked about yet. One, a quick little scene with two Centaurans. 
One one of them at least is Dan Starkey, the same one who is Strax. But what do you guys think of the new Centauran look or that that little scene? The scene is hilarious. The Centaurans are uh, just taller. Like, how are they different? They're less potatoes. Their yeah. facial structure is obtuse. And yeah, the, they're not as how, round. Yeah, how Strax they're not is as smooth. More potato. These look more like dented in potatoes. <laughs> Yeah, and the, <laughs> they look more the like armor the too. '70s version of Centaurans, which you'll get to one day. Oh, um, but they, yeah, the armor was was uh, more like not as refined. Like Strax had like a legit like sleek armor suit, where these guys had like rigid edges, edges like almost um, metal, like in medieval time armor. Like it, oh, it man. didn't it didn't seem as advanced. I'm so excited for the first Centauran story, Alex. I know you love it. Yeah. But when these guys get to it, and it takes place in medieval times, yeah. like you're saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What? But like the, like the eye slits were different, and like, I don't know. They yeah. just look. So that whole station and that scene to me felt like it was these two guys watching and waiting for their moment for centuries. And maybe that's why they're a little older tech, you know? Well, we'll find out more next week, but in the trailer for next week's story, there is a character from history that says what her name is, and so that that sets it in the 1850s. Mm. So that's that's when next week's story will take place. So that's where these guys are, presumably. So they're in the 1850s of, like, on Earth? Yeah, they're in the Crimean War. Oh. But I what I do like about that scene is um the the one Centauran talking to the hologram and making fun of him for how old he looks because Centaurans are supposed to die in combat. So it's like a great shame to grow old. And so I, I love <laughs> that he was like giving him shit for it. And yeah. he's just the other guy's like yeah, it was my mission. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, can we move on? <laughs> Don't need to dwell on it. <laughs> yeah. That, that whole exchange was gold. Comedy gold. <laughs> it was really good. All right. One last thing we never got to is um, your boy Grey Worm sitting on Observation Station Rose. I just put outpost rose guy is a Hold dick. On. That was Grey Worm. Yeah. Who's Grey Worm? He's from Game of Thrones. Mm. I need to see another <laughs> picture. I don't remember. He be banging. He be banging. I he like that hair, dude. Oh yeah. Oh, and that jacket he has. Oh yeah. my gosh, so good. Yeah. So when when there were like promo pictures before the season, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, he's in the division. That's like the point of his character. Yeah. But but sitting like out in some outpost in the middle of nowhere kind of made me think he's it's something different. See, but then I I think have... it's the division. Like the division has outposts everywhere to keep track of everything. Yeah, and there you know those two ladies just checking in on swarm. Like some people have really shitty jobs in the division, <laughs> so maybe that, <laughs> yeah. that's this guy's. But he also said like. Uh, like my last request, everyone go to hell or something. So like maybe it's more of a punishment service. I you know I don't know. Yeah, Jill, why was this guy a dick? Just that <laughs> attitude. He's like, here's my report. You all suck. See ya. <laughs> well, he's been on this space station by himself for twelve hundred days. Well, maybe there's At a least. reason for that. <laughs> and he's still able to appreciate the beauty of space. Yeah. He's just real salty. Well, he did say he was a captain, so maybe maybe yeah. when he got stationed there, he's like, oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> like he's <laughs> just his promotion. Yeah. <laughs> um, so is stage space observation whatever rose? Is that confirmation Billy Piper's coming back, or is that just a fun oh, little comment? Man. I don't know. Maybe. I think it's just no. a tease. Just a fun little thing. Uh, did you? Did anyone catch the line that the doctor says that Eccleston said in the very first episode, titled Rose? Nope. When the doctor, Yaz, and 
uh, Dan are running from Carvanista after like his gun comes back online when they're on his ship. They're running, and Yan Yaz goes, Dan, Doctor, Doctor Dan, and the doctor goes, "Nice to meet you. Run for your life," which is oh. the first thing, or one of the first things that the doctor says to Rose in the first episode. I did not catch. I that. did not. No, I didn't catch that. That that would be requiring a massive expanse in my memory that I am unable to achieve. Just watch yourself some Eccleston, man. It'll make you happy. I did like Eccleston, man. I don't It'll know. Could make you, you could, happy. Could that phrase be considered an Eccleston phrase? Like that's that's kind of a commonplace phrase where you're getting shot at. Well, <laughs> run I mean, for it's, your a life. Di- it's a direct quote because it's not just the run for your life, but it's the nice to meet you beforehand. Oh, and nice to meet you, comma insert person's name, run for your life, like said in the exact same way. All right, all right. I've commented about the doctor and the Luparian race. She obviously knew of the race. Like, when she saw Carvanista, she wasn't surprised. Like, she knew what he was. How did right. she not know that he was good? Well, it, the episode started with him dangling her and Yaz over an ocean of acid. And that was, like, the first time she saw them? No, un, so unseen, they've they've been battling each other a while. She's been chasing him yeah. because she's he's the only person she knows knows something about the division okay so she so, so she's she knew... purposely been chasing him and he's just like not having it and so the she doctor knew of thinks him. the division is evil so she okay. just assumes i guess so she knew of him but didn't necessarily know him yeah i mean right. she told yes i need to go see a man about a dog yeah yeah <laughs> that's a good joke so... <laughs> do you get do you know that reference the what? Yeah, doesn't that usually mean you have to go to the bathroom it was, it's a, about a horse you have to go see a man about a horse it means you have to pee. no i don't know that reference <laughs> oh that means you have to pee Oh, speaking of bathrooms, <laughs> I really loved the like fun, kitschy humor that they threw into this episode of like when his house shrank and then there's just the shot of the guy on the toilet. Oh, it's yes. Like, so sorry. <laughs> I missed that the first time through. That was that was great. The other my other concern about the Luparian ship is why is Yaz so used to being locked up? She's been traveling. <laughs> she's travel with the, travels with the doctor. Yeah. Is that why? <laughs> Doctor's into some kinky shit. She's real. It's nice to see Yaz. Yeah, she's she's like, oh, this thing has nine booby traps. Don't worry, I'll get us out. She was flying the TARDIS a little bit. Like she's definitely she's definitely had some adventures we haven't seen. She's she's almost to like the level of last season of Clara. I was I was feeling like she's yeah, super confident, sure. like not mm-hmm. scared of anything. Like we got this. We're badass. Like whatever. Well, even the conversation How did about like for Clara. Yeah. <laughs> eternal life seems pretty good yeah even the, the conversation yeah, great <laughs> conversation about like so much i've showed you so many things and like we've yeah. had a lot of good adventures i don't know what it exactly but that was, was kind of but... shitty like i got mad at that line because she yeah. kind of said the same thing last season and i kind of felt we should have moved beyond that by now because I, they're i also thought that that was like a weird like a weird throwback of being closed off they obviously like obviously the doctor hasn't been closed off with her throughout whatever adventures they were doing and it seems like it's been a long time since the last time we saw them when uh ryan and graham left Mm -hmm. and they've clearly been through a lot and it's a different dynamic when there's only two people like you do share more and get closer because you have to and so like the fact that we're still at this p- spot in their relationship was kind of frustrating. I had hoped by this point she Yaz would be like on the ride too, instead of just like, you know, the doctor's still at the top of the team structure. I was seeing it as the doctor doesn't know how to make friends or deal with friends properly. And that she just thinks it's, oh, I just need to keep you entertained and we'll stay friends rather than I'm going to open up about my life and then we're going to learn about each other. Like, I think she just doesn't know that dynamic of how to do yeah, that. That's, that's why the mattress was in the Carter's council room. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. entertaining. Yeah. Just Good get time. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that the swarm is connected to the TARDIS because of the geode crystals? Like, I don't know if that's mm. just a connection or something, no. but I feel like no. he like, 
could have helped with the TARDIS, like making it or something like that, that he has that connection. Oh, just because he has like a crystalline structure to his face. Yeah, like I feel like these the swarm is made of crystals or something like that. It's uh, never going to stop, Jake. They're f- he's forever the swarm. <laughs> That's fine. Um, to answer your question, no, I don't think that. But I do think that the TARDIS falling apart is related to the flux, which is probably related to swarm. And that the Centaurans seem to know about the flux and they're in 1850. So it seems to be something that's happening across time as well as space. So that could be something that's making the TARDIS go wonky. Do you think there's a possibility that the TARDIS will end up dying this season? I sure fucking hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't want it to make it to the end of the season. I want Jody to get a new good TARDIS before she leaves. <laughs> we've only got eight more episodes with her over the next two years. And so, like, like beyond that, we're getting a new TARDIS anyway, so who fucking cares? Because, hey, you know, Sony and Bad Wolf are going to spend that fucking money to make a dope-ass TARDIS. Uh, going back to the uh, Swarm their outfits are so cool. Like the sister's outfit at the end, that coat that yeah. she had with the jewels on it. So awesome. Like the contrast of that to her horrid looking face. Just like, oh my God. Was Swarm wearing like a a boat captain's jacket and like track pants? <laughs> like what was he wearing? Oh, I don't that know, was but one those of those shoulders. suit jackets. No, those shoulders were disgusting. No, I, I, I liked it. I, I think those it. are his shoulders. I don't think that's the shirt or the <laughs> no, coat. No, it's the coat. Like <laughs> they're, they're far more pointy. But and then just like the shirt he had underneath that too, that had like the the ripples. Which looking at it, it almost looked more like a screen printed t shirt. Which would be really sad if that's what it was. <laughs> He's just wearing a graphic tee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like the the pattern to it. Like, just had that fun vibe and just... What would it be oh. of if it was a graphic tee? I'm going to Jonas Brothers. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but just how both of them, they have, like, a high value of how they look, but they're just, they look like death. And I just love that And they're creepy. image for them. Yeah. They're super creepy. They're creepy. The way that they move, like super slow and just lanky, like mm-hmm. oh my god, they're they're almost like Slenderman a little bit. You already brought it up, Alex, but that look into the camera before the titles go, where he just says "trick or treat, doctor," is fucking terrifying. Yeah, and it was the second time I watched it, I was just like, Jesus, like who okayed this? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't in the best headspace the first time I watched it. I just watched my team beat your team in American football. I was really drunk, and I was watching on my phone in an Airbnb. <laughs> nice. Sounds like a great night. <laughs> it was. This is a great game. I also love uh, the the reaction or the conversations between Yaz and Dan already. Like that. Looks like it's going to be a fun contrast of personalities. <laughs> I'm just like her. Does this look like the face yeah. you can trust? It's like maybe. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, speaking of outfits, I really like Carvinista's costume. Apart from just like the dog of it all, like, yeah. his outfit was really cool. It's it's like a general, uh, like a samurai general vibe. Yeah, it's very samurai. Yeah. Ah, oh, so cool. And I like the like tech he has on his wrist that's supposed to let him do a Jedi mind trick, but yeah. it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. That axe though was so oh, cool. Yeah, the axe was yeah. cool. I'm kind of disappointed in the Jedi mind trick deal. It's just so get shift on. Yes, it's going to come back. It's, it's just going to so work dumb. on someone. <laughs> I mean, is that essentially like just doing hand signals to dogs to make them? do actions or commands like is that his way of dealing with humans (laughs) (laughs) i can't wait till he throws a treat to dan at some point in the season oh man oh and then good boy (laughs) yaz looked smoking in this too yeah her leather jacket and then red shirt red shirt just bring that back 
Um, but yeah, she had it together. The last, last thing. The scene where Swarm's sister, you said she had a name, Cody? Azure. Yeah. Azure. Um, taking Die, and Die walks through that room, and all of a sudden she's in like a lake. And Azure is like, oh, we're going to have some fun with you. <laughs> like, yeah. super creepy, super weird. What do you think it means? Why die? What's up with that? I honestly have not even the slightest guess outside of like what you said was kind of mind blowing that Dan has something to do with the yeah. whole thing. And that's why you take die. Because she I might have some thought... info on him. Like, they wanted to take a random human, and since Dai has already been a character that nobody really is invested in, but has been introduced in the show, they're like, you're gonna earn your pay here? So they just used her as a character to introduce, like, Azure. And they're like, here you go! So, that one I couldn't even wager a guess on as to what is about to happen. But I like the idea that there, like she has some skinny on Dan. It could it could be bait to keep Dan in in the in the story, like writing wise. Like true, like he, gives if Dan. he's just like fuck this, I just want to leave, and then they'll be like, no, he has your girlfriend. It's like ah shit, right? <laughs> like he's definitely invested in her. Yeah. I suppose there's that. I do think she was really good, and yeah, we didn't get a, a lot of her, but it seems like we're going to. And uh, yeah, she was cool. I am excited, though, for all the more mind control that the swarm does. Yeah, like, I'm really hoping they get a hold of Yaz and they convince her to be evil. Like, we're going to get this evil Yaz. <laughs> During the Chibnall era, there's been a lot of just like, like telepathy for communication purposes, like between the doctor and the uh, the master um, the doctor just getting images in her head of the timeless child and other and Gallifrey burning and just like a lot of people just really easily being able to show the doctor what they want her to see. It ma- it makes for easy storytelling. It does. Some might say lazy storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that story with the with the prison break. That was fucking primo story. Anyone got anything before we call her? Been uh Did we have tweets or anything? Yeah, no. we didn't even do this like a whole just section. Just us, baby. Oh, oh shit. We reached a whole hour for the first time ever without having to resort to any gimmicks. <laughs> there are seven of us. Oh no. There's six of us. There's six of us and we can barely get through half an hour of actually talking about Doctor Who. What do we ever? What do we tell people that like fast forward for the gimmicks. Uh, bye. <laughs> go, go fuck yourself. <laughs> go fuck yourself. Oh no. <laughs> so I made a list of everything that was introduced in the story that will at some point pay off. Carvinista, guy digging <laughs> tunnels in Liverpool in 1820 for no reason. Correct. The TARDIS going wonky. Mm-hmm. Swarm. Yes. The division. Okay. Die. The lady Ooh. that Dan was going on a date with. The Flux. Yep. The Weeping Angels. Mm-hmm. The Centaurans. Swarm's sister, who was living in the Arctic Circle with some dude. Yeah. Claire. Vinder, who is uh, Grey Worm. And the Centaurans. That's a lot of shit. That is a lot of shit. So you can see why I'm a little reticent. Some would say A little too reticent much. when it comes to heaping a ton of praise on this story. But you could you could group a bunch of those and split them out into five more episodes and then use all of them all. Bada boom. It seems like a lot for only five more episodes. But I kind of felt the same way with like um, Fugitive of the Jadu. Like I loved it because I thought Ruth Doctor was great. Jack coming back was awesome. We'll never see him again, so don't have to worry about that. But uh, <laughs> the like if you pull back from those things and look at the story... It's basically nothing, <laughs> and it's not very good. But it's a fun episode because we're Doctor Who fans. Same thing with this. I think it's great as the first episode for a Doctor Who story that we are going to probably really like. But as an individual episode of television, I don't know if it's widely successful. 
I think you had the same problem with the um Oh fuck, what's that episode called? Uh the Matt Smith ugh, the Matt Smith episode where he dies from the astronaut, like that starting of the season. Because that was well, kind of wild. That's why I said earlier, like it's a lot um or like Moffat did it too. I that's not an example I would give for Moffat kind of being a little too referential. I think that that story is actually very simple and does do the things to introduce a new audience. And that was kind of the point. It was kind of trying to capitalize on Doctor Who blowing up in America. Mm. And so there there are examples of Moffat doing that, but I don't think that's one of them. All right. Anyway. Um, hey, so next week, we've got a Centauran story. It's called War of the Centaurans. Takes place in the 1850s. We get to meet May Seacole. You know who that is, uh, Sam? Mm, no. She's credited as being the first nurse practitioner. Oh. And she kind of worked concurrently with at the same time as Florence Nightingale, but I don't know if they ever worked together or met or anything. But they seem to be doing from this point on like every week's gonna tie up a part of the jumbled uh stuff we just saw so uh i'm actually really excited what's it you guys yes i just want dog people and pretty explosions man (laughs) (laughs) i'm a simple dude when when you brought up the the CG, there is a separate company that did all the space stuff, like the flux bl- destroying the planets and all that. And I saw a tweet from them, like kind of being like, oh, it's so nice to work on Doctor Who. We're so proud of our team. And I tried looking up that tweet before this and I couldn't find it. But uh, whatever the name of that company is, like, good fucking job. You guys deserve to be proud of that. Well, when we get to MVP, you better get your Googling fingers Oh, shit, warm. I was just going to end the episode. <laughs> hey, Cody, who's your say. MVP? <laughs> it's the CGI department. They did so good. <laughs> and it's the mill. It's not Wait, the mill. Wait, you know what we didn't talk the about? The adult guy that was trick-or-treating with just a <laughs> beer in his hand and a container of eggs. <laughs> yeah. That whole scene, like, the three knocks was amazing. But yeah, I that audibly guy was laughed funny. at that one. <laughs> Audibly. Like, like what was don't he doing? My house. Was he gonna egg people's houses who didn't give him candy? Yes. Or was he yeah. just like having a good time? That's what the treat of trick or treat is. If you don't give them a treat, they'd give you a trick. I said that backwards, but you know what I mean. <laughs> okay, here I wanted to start this argument. What age do you do kids need to stop trick or treating? Twelve. When they'll stop wearing a costume to do it. Cody True. says you can't trick or treat after five. <laughs> you can't trick or treat before five. Okay, thanks. I'm not what? the crazy one in this household. Did, Cody, did you never trick or treat? <laughs> I well, I lived did up until woods. I was five. It's not true. <laughs> so so you didn't. So you never trick or treated. <laughs> I trick or treated until I was five. That's you don't crazy. remember when you were five. I remember more of when I was five than I do of what I did this morning. I just think you don't remember either. I I make my own memories, man. <laughs> hey Sam, who's your MVP? Um CGI. Thank you. Good choice. <laughs> Alex. I'm going with Chibnall for the writing. It was good. I liked it. Terry. I'm going with Ray Holman, who was costume and creature designer. Ooh, good one. Jill? I'm also going with Chibnall, because I still love everything about it. (laughs) Jake? I'm torn between picking Craig Ells, who played Carvanista, or the dude who played Swarm, because he was awesome. Ah, that's, that's That's a tough pick. Okay, so Swarm, after he kind of, like, kills that lady and rejuvenates he's played by sam spruel when oh. he's but there's also matthew needham who is credited as old swarm oh okay like before that the imprisoned version i didn't know if they were two different people i liked the imprisoned one more i think because he was so creepy and dark 
Well, because they both played the same character, I'm going to allow myself a tie for those two men who played Swarm. What? Clamo. <laughs> you can't what do, do what? that. Yeah, I can. It's my podcast. I make the rules. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I recall earlier, like if if they're if you're torn between two people, generally it's the casting director, then, right? Okay. From now on, if you're torn between two people, if they played the same character, you get to pick them. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Married to Who, our episode on Doctor Who, colon, Flux, colon, Chapter 1, colon, The Halloween Apocalypse. On behalf of myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex, and our producer, Terry... Thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time for the Centauran War. I think it's called War of the Centaurans, maybe. One of those. Peace. <laughs> 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 <laughs>